Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Mr. Matt Hamill of Green Door Fitness coming to you from Denver, Colorado. Matt, what's going on, man? How are you today? Hey, Joe. Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Excited to have you here. And obviously, Green Door is is the crux of our conversation. We're here to explore the gym and, and the ins and outs of what it is that you do. For some helpful context, give us a quick elevator pitch. When you tell people about Green Door, how do you describe this gym? Well, I like to say it's personal training without an appointment. So we have specific one-on-one training, but then we also have membership on the floor where whenever you come in, there's a trainer that is going to guide, design, and keep you safe throughout your workout. Yeah. And, and so not quite in line with the, the traditional big box 30,000 square foot. We went kind of the opposite. We wanted this to be more of an intimate personalized service take us back a little bit i mean always interested in in origin stories on things like this and how we got to be where we are tell me about not the day that you opened the doors tell me about the day that the idea popped into your head hey i'm gonna open up my own gym and my own training studio what was going on for you and, and what was really the the genesis of this whole thing well when i take it really far back you know i was i worked at a at a private gym before for 14 years before I ever started my own. And probably about five years into that, that guy took me aside and said, Hey, within five years, this gym is going to be yours. And I thought, well, this is cool. I, you know, never really imagined running a gym, but you know, this seems like a good idea. And Mm -hmm. so I, I took some, you know, more classes and, leadership kind of things, business classes, more personal training things, just so I could really be the best I could be. And then the five years came and it went and he wasn't willing to do it. He stood up at my wedding and, you know, I was pretty discouraged and pretty depressed and, you know, in his shoes, it didn't feel like the right time with the way the economy was. And, you know, that was hard for me to understand because I thought we had a deal. And then when he did go to sell it to me, it was way more than I was willing to pay for it. You know, after I had pushed and pushed. And I just remember one day we were driving my wife and I over Berthoud Pass. And I thought, you know, I've been training and training to run a gym. Why don't I just run my own gym? You know, it doesn't have to be this gym, you know, for this guy, like I can run my own gym. And I always liked how the Green Bay Packers had it and how the fans ran, you know, they, they make choices for the team, you know, they don't run the whole team, but they make choices and they, they're part of it and they feel like part owners. And so I thought, why aren't my members part owners? And I had saved up about, you know, $10,000 and the bank was only willing to give me 10,000. So I had $20,000 to start a gym, I was like, this is never going to work. Which doesn't go far in the fitness world. No, like you can buy, you know, maybe 15 things, you know, they're all a thousand dollars or more. 
right? And so I was thinking about, I was like, this is not going to work and trying to figure out how to do that, how to come up with the money. I had a list of all these things I wanted to buy. And I had these really phenomenal <laughs> Real quick, clients. the shopping cart's 150 grand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I knew I wanted a small space like we're talking about, right? So I sure. didn't have to be 150, but, you know, I was looking at it and I, you know, I started thinking about it and I thought, yeah, the Packers, like, why don't I have some of the members help me be owners? And so, you know, I call them legacy members. And I went out with my shopping list and I asked seven people for $5,000. You know, and I got a quick, well, I asked five people and two people were upset I didn't ask them. So they jumped on board real quick. Good problems to have. Yeah. So, you know, all of a sudden I, I had, you know, $55,000. And so that was a good start. Yeah. And I was able to just jump right in and buy almost everything I wanted right out of the gate. And then when I, you know, then the trainers approached me that I had trained for the other gym and they said, where are you going? And I go, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do my gym over here. And they said, well, we want to come with you as well. And I said, well, that wasn't the plan, <laughs> but, but I, I totally went with it, you know, and yeah. it was a great problem to have. And they, you know, that's because of, me being there 14 years and building that sweat equity and everybody seemed to see it except the owners. So that was really unfortunate, but it's worked out best for me. Yeah. And so I think in the, the traditional fitness model for trainers like yourself, who are a little bit more savvy than the average trainer, there's a ceiling at a certain point you hit a roof and, and there's nowhere to go from there. And a lot of the time that is when people pull the trigger, like you did to go out, I can do this better on my own. And you did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, and that's the thing. And I think you're exactly right. And there is a ceiling that we all reach, but we can keep going beyond that ceiling. You know, like you said, before I came up with any of those ideas, like I, they were playing in my head, but I would get out my notebooks. I'd write them down late at night. I'd go to SBA classes and learn about loans and, you know, learn all sorts of business things that I, I didn't know. So I was really trying to up my ceiling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's I what think that's the problem with so many people in our industry is that trainers are great trainers and want to open up their own facility and then quickly find out that the skills to be a business owner not quite line up with the skills to be a good trainer. There's a lot more to it. And you're suddenly, you're wearing a lot of hats, right? I'm sure yeah, that's the yeah. experience that you had coming in early. Well, and that's where I was lucky is I was managing that, that whole other gym for the last, you know, five to seven years. And I was running nearly everything that was coming in and out. I wasn't paying the bills but I could see the bills and I knew about what was going on. Yeah. And at the end, when I went to buy it, I even saw all the financials. So I knew what was going on with all of that. And I knew about where I wanted to be. And so that was very helpful. And, you know, and, but other than running it, like I knew one of the big problems for me and for other trainers, I'm sure is where do you find trainers that are going to work with you and for you? And where do you find members that are going to come in that's uh, a marketing challenge on both ends right? yeah so for you at least we've got a, a pretty decent tenure as a business owner 
what has worked for you? We'll start with the client aspect of this. What has worked for you to spread the word and, and bring some people through the doors? Well, again, you know, one of the biggest things was I was there for 14 years. So over the years, I've tracked probably 85 different people from that previous gym has have came in and been been members for a month or more. So that's just a testament to my sweat equity and these people trusting me. And then in the, the other end, you know, a, a lot of it's word of mouth, which I know we're all really good at. And more recently, I've really gotten into SEO marketing and trying to rank first in the three mile radius around the gym. That's huge. Uh, and I want to dive a little bit deeper there because it's an unaddressed area in fitness a lot of the time. SEO being somebody on Google or Bing or whatever the platform searching for gyms near me, trainers near me, whatever the, the keywords yeah. are. Is that something that, that you yourself are doing or is that something you're working with like an agency or a third party on? No, I have a great company that they help me with. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with BNI. And so I'm in a networking group and I, I found I have, you know, it just turns into a great contact sphere for me to meet other professionals. And, you know, I've met Paige at Tree Ring Digital and she's been very helpful for, you know, with Green Door Fitness, helping us get our, our page rank first on you know, gyms near me within that, because as we know, people are more likely to come to your gym when they're three or five miles with outside of that. It's really hard. I mean, I've had people come from over an hour away to train with me once a week and that's a great thing, but, but it's rare, right? It can't last and it's rare. Yeah. Now, obviously you're investing money into this. People aren't just doing this SEO service for free. How successful has it been in your mind? Do you feel like it's bringing people through the doors? I think that it is bringing people through the door. It's definitely hard to put a number to it. Mm -hmm. You know, I do that and, you know, I wish I could put a number to it, but it's hard to tell, you know, you get these page clicks and you try to look at the reviews, but we are getting more people in the door. COVID definitely was hard, you know, because, yeah. uh, Initially, we, you know, we were closed for COVID. And so we were closed for three months. And that was, that was hard business-wise to, to not be open. But at the same time, you know, that sweat equity that I had put into all those people, a lot of them had continued to pay throughout those three months. So that was, that was a really great thing. We were able to continue paying rent and keep it open. And I rented a lot of equipment out. So I was able to pivot rent equipment out to members so that they had equipment at their house. We were doing Zooms. And then last year, you know, things were opening up. But whenever we started really getting our ball rolling, somebody at the gym would come down with COVID. And so the whole gym would have to shut down again. You know, we wouldn't shut down, but people yeah. would get scared and they wouldn't want to come in again. Yeah. And I feel like as gym owners, we're all dealing with that still. Yeah, you're not alone in that boat. Believe me, you're yeah. not alone in that boat. And a lot of people lost members, took a financial hit throughout that time. For you guys, has the business recovered to, to 2020 or early 2020 or 2019 numbers? Yeah, well, I would say we've recovered. We're doing better. 
we still haven't restarted a lot of the classes we've done. We don't have a lot of group classes or classes. And so we're starting those in 2023. We're going to start fresh with a 10 day camp. And one of the biggest things that biggest pieces of advice I got from, from one of my members who runs a very successful business is, you know, you have to raise your prices. And so, you know, financially, we're doing really well because over the last couple of years, we have raised our prices, you know, 6%, you know, the, twice in the last four years because we've had to. And in 2023, we're going to have to do it again. And it's, it's unfortunate, but everything is going up. And if I want to continue having a gym, if I want to provide that for our members and, and more importantly, our employees, a job for them, then it's a, it's what we have to do so that we can all have a business and a gym to go play at. Yeah. Now that we're quote unquote post pandemic and you guys can operate with, with some level of normalcy, at least, have you put any thought or any consideration into doing any kind of digital advertising on Google with AdWords or on Facebook, on Instagram, on any of those platforms? Um, I'm not, I guess, what do you mean? Google, like, advertise that, yeah, that like, the pandemic's like, over no 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 advertising we're open we're taking on members we're regrowing yeah i mean that's definitely what our seo stuff is all about you know um during covid we were saying that we were covid safe you know and we had pictures of the gym being separated and pictures of the gym you know with us with masks and we had rules and regulations so you know i guess we haven't totally gone and said we're open but maybe that's something we should do it's not a bad idea okay and, and so take me to the next step here once somebody reaches out whether they come through the website or a walking off the street or a referral wherever they come from walk me through what a typical sales process looks like who are they speaking with what's that conversation entail what are they typically signing up for yeah so when they come into the gym you know whether off the street, we're on a very busy street, one of the probably the busiest in Denver. So Colfax, Great Street. And, you know, we try to get them in the back, talk to them about, you know, personal training, membership, and we see what fits for them. You know, granted, we always want to go to the, the highest sales thing, which would be the personal training. But at the same time, we want what's going to be best for them, whether that is you know, one-on-one -on -one training because they're unsure of what they're doing, or maybe they have a goal and they need a little extra help to get to that goal. So those are great options for the one-to-one -one training. And then if it's the membership and it fits their budget better, then that's better because, you know, we can still guide them in the membership, but it's not as expensive and it's a great way to still hit all your goals. Yeah, for sure. Who's handling, is that funneled through you for the most part, or do we have any kind of dedicated salespeople or are the other trainers chipping in on those sales conversations? Yeah, so that's where I have my trainers really doing a lot of the, lot of the work. I mean, I try to get people in the door and once they're behind the green door, you know, I try to really get that, my trainers to close the deal. Yeah. I mean, they, they take them through a workout, they get them on the in-body, we have an in-body at the gym and we're able to, get their body fat percentage and set them, you know, talk to them about where they should be going. And, you know, that's a really, you know, we have an initiation fee that we do. And I try to split that with the trainers because I 
that is something that helps all of us grow. That's a good incentive for the trainers to bring people into the gym so that they, they get a bump in, in their price, in their, in their paycheck. Sure. And so moving forward, I mean, there's a number of different components to this, Matt. We've got the, the general membership. We've got personal training. It sounds like you guys are relaunching a lot of the group classes here in the next handful of months. Yeah. Where is your focus as the owner to move the business the most forward? What do you think has the biggest opportunity for growth? Well, the biggest opportunity for growth is how well you train your employees. And so I'm just really trying to work better and more at training the employees because I guess, you know, once the employees are trained, then they're going to, they're going to run the classes. They're going to drive the classes forward. The membership I think is a very special and unique thing that I've never seen at any other gym. And I think that's what really sets us apart and creates our community. Um, everybody does one-on-one training. I think, you know, because we know each people so well, I think that's why we're excellent at that. But I think uh, our classes are going to really take us up a notch because people know classes and classes are what people, you know, the general public is looking for. They don't really understand, you know, our membership. They, they think personal training can be expensive. But when you talk about classes, that's something that is really exciting for them. And I think that's something that's going to be exciting for us as a gym. And it creates a lot of, a lot of positive energy in the gym. And it can be that nice financial middle ground, right? Where you already alluded, personal training is, is a fairly high ticket by nature. Yeah. The membership sounds like it's the opposite end of that spectrum because it's hands-off for the business. Group training can slot really well in that middle ground for, for somebody looking for a little bit more coaching help, but not necessarily the, the private nature of one-on-one. And so that'll be fascinating to see how that looks for you expand even further here matt i want to i want to pick your brain big picture green door fitness what's your goal for this whole thing where do you see this long term well you know i don't even know i i used to envision that i would have several different gyms and and that would be great um but at the same time i always think it's not important to have three four 100 different gyms it's important to make this one very successful and, and successful, meaning, you know, it, it satisfies you financially. Number one, if it's draining you financially, then that's, that's not acceptable. No. Right? That's not a good place to be. You know, you've got to be able to make money from it. And so, you know, it, I do okay from that. And then number two, you know, it really helps thrive my soul, you know, and it, it is my, community and my passion, you know, other than my family, I take my, my wife and daughter and we go travel to Europe or, you know, even out camping and we can be gone for a week or two. And the thing that I miss more than anything else is just going into Green Door Fitness to see my community and my family at the gym there, because, you know, it's a great community that I've created and that I can't say I've done it myself. It's, it's the we of the, the trainers, the members, and it's all of us. I think the, the fitness industry is unique in that sense. If people in any other industry, if they start a business, it's almost 
the majority of the time, at least, it's focused on making money exclusively. That's the priority above all else. But fitness, to your point, it needs to have that balance, right? Not necessarily helping anybody and everybody sunshine and rainbows, but it needs to have the, the personal part of it just as much as it does have the financial driven component to it. And the best examples that I talk to at least are typically right in the middle of, of both of those. We're pulling from both sides of that spectrum. And well, and that's like exactly that's, right. That's really the mindset that you have surrounding this at least. Yeah. I mean, I've always been shied away from sales and you know, that didn't work for me very well when I was younger. And, and at the same time, I try not to push that on the trainers because I feel if we take care of people, they're going to take care of us. If you take care of the gym, it's going to take care of us. You know, you've got to, you've got to really spend that time taking care of it and it will take care of you. And I totally believe that with my heart and my soul and I try to get my trainers to believe that our members feel and believe that, you know, but yeah, you definitely have to work with numbers as well. I mean, it, you got to be realistic about it. And I think this translates to every business, not just gyms, but at the same time, that's what we're talking about today. <laughs> yeah, spot on. And, and Matt, that's a pretty good place for us to, to start to wrap our conversation up. But I really, really appreciate your willingness to share here and, and talk about what's going well, as well as where you guys are still looking to improve. But before we sign out of here entirely, why don't you tell people listening where they can learn a little bit more about Green Door? Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can we send people? Yeah, we have, uh, you know, greendoorfitness.com. We have, you know, Green Door Fitness, Facebook, Instagram. So if you want to follow us, come check us out. I, recently started posting again because I decided it was a good idea because I I'm not a big fan of that and pushing you know how much I I love Facebook and Instagram but I do think that you know there are bits of it that are important so it's fun to see what people are doing so we're starting to post again so it'd be fun if people want to jump on and say hi necessary evil in our industry at least that's for sure yeah, I just found that it, you know, it can take too much time away from, from you. You can end up working all day because you've got this little phone in your hand that can do everything. And I end up being my own secretary uh, and then I'm filming myself and then I'm, you know, fixing the video when I'm talking to my wife and my daughter. And sometimes you just have to put those things away and be with your family. So super important to do, but, but you've got to have balance like we talked about earlier. Spot on, man. Matt, I appreciate your time, man. It's cool to see what you've been able to accomplish in your time. And it sounds like you still have some cards to play and some moves to make. So we'll be watching from the sideline and I wish you nothing but the best with it. All right, Joe. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. 
You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Natalie with Spenga out of Florida. Natalie, what is going on? How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, JJ. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And uh, I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Spenga here. But uh, let's take a step back and give the viewers some perspective. So if you can, Natalie, you know, just on an estimate, it's totally fine. How many members are you serving currently? We have right under 300. It's kind of where we're hovering right now. Okay, awesome. And so, you know, I know every gym is different, whether it's a traditional gym or a studio or, you know, even if it's a Pilates studio, whatever it is everybody's different. So, but for you guys, what's been the best method of getting new people interested and through the door? The best method hands down is referrals from our current members. Um, so it's some word of mouth, but people bringing their friends, um, we have that brand advocate already in there. Who's honestly selling the membership for us. Um, so hands down, that's our biggest, we have a lot of other avenues that we're working to, we, um, invest pretty heavily in, paid digital advertising. We do organic social posts too, but, um, and then, you know, boots on the ground, knocking on doors at businesses and that kind of thing. But member referrals are number one for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think honestly, word of mouth will be an asset for years to come in any business, right? I think it really eliminates that trust factor of somebody trying to get to know you. And like, it's like almost as if, okay, they're not really trying to sell me anything. They're trying to help me here. And it totally shifts that that perspective when they come through the door, um, especially when they know someone else who's there already and have a good experience. So I agree with you. And, um, you know, I, I, I know you guys are, you know, hovering around, we said that was around 200 or so members. Was that, or did I hear that correctly? Yeah. Oh, 300. Sorry. So you're right around that mark. And let's say hypothetically, of course, leads, traffic, clients, all these things were hypothetically unlimited. How much higher could you guys go as far as capacity? We'd probably max out around 500 members. Um, we do group fitness. Our classes are about 24. Well, 24 is our max that we can fit in a class. So 500 is really, we think, the max number we would support before we'd have to grow and um, open another studio. Yeah, totally. And I, it's good that you understand that. I think that's one thing that a lot of gym owners kind of lose sight of is like capacity concerns, right? Because if you don't know where you could stop, you get to a point where you might get overwhelmed, you know, and I think that's always a concern uh, if it does happen. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you're a one woman team here, but you can clarify if you are or not, but how are you able to manage and track, you know, I mean, like I know from experience, having anything over a hundred members is a lot. Yeah. So how do you track the metrics of like how long they've been with you when they started if they're looking to cancel? How do you track those numbers? Yeah. Um, so my dad and I actually own the studio together. So it's really fun. We own and operate it together. So we work really closely. Um, Spank is a franchise. So we're lucky there. And that's one of the reasons we decided when we wanted to get into fitness, why we went with the franchise because of some of the infrastructure that's already in place. So Spenga has um, partnerships and works with vendors and um, different aspects, but with tracking members, we use MindBody. 
um, as well as a software that's been developed for Spenga called Axel. Um, so that really helps us a lot, really streamlines those processes. Yeah, I think that's so important, Ray. I mean, as fitness professionals, I think, you know, we track our macros, how much we weigh, how much weight is on the bar, but then it comes to your metrics sometimes. And you're like, oh, I think we have 200 members. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's great. I mean, you guys have a lot of versatility in the front end and in the back end. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of leads you to my next question here, which is a little bit of a longer winded question, but a good question in itself. And uh, if you need me to repeat anything, by all means, Natalie, just let me know, but um, just bear with me on the explanation here. So, you know, um, what we've been discussing the entire podcast and we use most prominently in the fitness and gym world are going to be three pillars of business, right? It's going to be number one, your lead generation, right? Which is simply your marketing, getting people through the door. Then you have number two, your acquisition, which is your sales, getting somebody from an interested client to a paying client. And then you have number three, it's your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Natalie, where do you feel like you could improve the most? It's been interesting. Um, We uh, took over the studio in February, 2021. And throughout that time from then to now, if you would have answered if you would have asked me that question at different periods, that answer would have changed. So we started off really needing to focus on retention, keeping the members that were already there. We were at like almost a hundred. And then as we went through, um, we didn't have, you know, we had, we're getting leads in, but we didn't have the staff and the team trained up and really that culture of the team of the sales. So we weren't closing. So we're getting people in, but they were leaving now. Definitely we um, getting leads in is where we could improve the most. Um, we're seeing with digital, uh, trying different strategies, different things not working in the digital space evolve so quickly. So we really need to get on board more with reels and TikTok and, um, more video driven content and, um, other ways to just getting involved in the community to, to get leads. in. that's our, I think where we could definitely improve the most. Yeah. And I, before I even continue here, I just want to say thank you for the honesty and transparency, right? I think that's super important. Um, but I think it's it's what most gym owners struggle with, right? It's like I, you didn't start this business to be a, a marketing professional. You're a fitness professional. So I think there's a reason as to why uh, we can all improve in those aspects because it's that's not what we're educated in or what we're known to do. So, but that's okay. Not like you can't improve there. And um, I've got two more questions for you, Natalie, my two favorite questions. And I'm, I'm pretty curious to see your response here. Um, one being, you know, let's say five, 10 years down the road, what's the bigger picture for Spenga? What are you guys trying to accomplish? So with Spenga being a franchise right now, we have just the studio open here in Boca. We have rights to some other territories. So we'd like to grow, get to that max point where we're capping out at 500 members in one studio and we're forced to grow and have more locations. So Um, Throughout Florida, we'd like to open more locations, grow the brand, really believe in the concept and the brand. Um, And so we'd like to, you know, help as many people as we can change their lives through fitness. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. And one last question, which is the best question of the day, in my opinion. (laughs) Uh, You know, Natalie, if you could go back in time here to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? That's a really good question. Um, a common phrase, but fail fast <laughs> and learn from it. I think we were really hesitant to make some decisions that we, sh- we knew were the right, we had a gut failing at the beginning, were the right choice, but we waited on them and did not quickly enough 
I don't know the reasons for that, you know, fear of failure, that kind of thing. But I tell myself, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to make the wrong decision and trust your gut so we can get through those decisions quickly to get where we need to be in a shorter time frame. Natalie, there we go. That's a mic drop of an answer. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, I mean, please, if you have any social media, Facebook website, please let the viewers know where can they find out more about you and Spenga. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Spenga Boca Raton, uh, TikTok too, which we're trying to get more into, like I said. Um, and then our website as well. Um, if anyone's here in the Boca, South Florida area, would love to invite you in for a free session. You can sign up for that and contact us on Instagram or our website. Just search Spenga Boca Raton and you should find us. And Spenga is a franchise, so come see some of our other sister studios throughout the country. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here. Okay. Thank you so much, JJ. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. And uh, to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lawrence Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show, we have Rocky of Rocky's Boxing Gym coming to you from Houston, Texas. Rocky, what's going on, man? How are you today? Not much, Joe. Just here at uh, just here at work, and uh, you know, had an early early morning, so just doing what I love and uh, ready to go. Love to hear that. It's exciting to get somebody on that, that has a boxing gym like this who came from a background of competitive boxing. We'll get into the strategy and, and the business side of things here, but for some context and people who aren't familiar with you or aren't familiar with the gym, tell us a little bit about Rocky's Boxing Gym. What is this business and, and what is it about here? Well, the gym, first of all, the gym has been here. This is actually my home gym. I actually started here in 93 and uh, 1993, uh, the previous owner who was my coach was, he bought the building in uh, 86. So, uh, so the gym has history here in the community. And when I started here in 93, it was, I was here for 20, 20, uh, geez, 23 years. 
23 years, all the way to the end of my uh, my boxing career, at the age of 35. So, I had the uh, I had the honor to be able to buy the gym in 2017, and and I bought the building, and uh, I started up Rocky's Boxing Gym. So it's, yeah, I basically wanted to you know give back to the community. Yeah, and so this has been a a long time in process, and you were able to put your own stamp on it at some point in time. When you took over, you mentioned the goal being to give back. What was, what did you envision this becoming in the big picture when you first started being the owner? Well, honestly, I, uh, when I bought the building, I, boxing is what I did for a living. So it's all I really know, you know? And uh, like most athletes, they do something from a child all the way to their 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 mid uh, adult uh, prime day uh, years, they they feel somewhat that, that that's really all they know, and that's how I felt. I was kind of lost whenever I uh, when I retired, and uh, and I knew boxing was what I wanted to do. It was a passion, you know. I tell people now, I I love boxing more now than I did when I was actually doing it. Yeah. Um, it was more love hate when you actually doing it because of uh, you know uh, uh, because of the relationship I had with boxing. You know, it was up and down. You know, you win some, you lose some, but, you know, you stick to it and then you, you pull through and, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's it's what uh, puts food on the table. Right. It was, and, and it was the passion that drove you right. to being in the position that you're in. But like you said, at the end of the day, bills need to be paid and, and this is a business. Tell us a little bit about the, the service that you provide. There are all kinds of boxing gyms in the world and how they provide that service differs a little bit. I mean, you know that there's the the kind of boxer size, giant group classes, 60 people in a class, not really focused on the sport of boxing, more on the fitness. And then there's the other side of that spectrum with purist training for competition's sake. Where do you find yourself in that world? Well, we are a boxing gym. So we really we really hit that 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 market. People who really want to box who really want to learn the uh, fundamentals, the foundation, the art of boxing. That's what we're here to teach. So when it comes to competition, you know, it's like anything, there's steps to, to, to steps to it. So with kids that want to learn boxing, you know, they have to start from ground up and then work their way up, show their, their grit, show their uh, commitment, and then they move forward and then eventually move forward to competition. And uh, as far as the adults, you know, some adults, you know, just like uh, the movie Fight Club, you know, it's some people like contact and, you know, they're business owners, business people, money, people with money. Yep. And they just come into the gym to really get the feel of being equal to the regular Joe, you know? Yep. So that's the Do those people anticipate getting in the ring at some point or is it more just a, a different style of fitness for them well they they, they try it all you know because they either can afford it or they, they 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 like to jump around so to say so most people they they jump around they look for for things that that interest them and and we 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 here at the gym understand that you know people come and go but eventually they come back so it's kind of like a full circle you know uh, um and uh, you know, once they come to the gym, they they, they feel the environment, the uh, the camaraderie of the members, uh, 
you know, we're here all about working out. Um, people don't, they're not on their cell phone walking around. They're, I don't allow ear, people to wear ear, uh, headphones. So mm -hmm. everybody has to be in tune. Everybody works as one unit. Yeah. <clears throat> now, for this, I mean, you, you came from having a background, and so I'm sure that you're fairly well-known in the boxing community. But since you've taken over as an owner, what have you guys been doing from a marketing standpoint to get the word about the business out to people who weren't familiar with you previously? Um, well, having a career that I had in boxing and doing it for so long uh, with my, with my, uh, I guess you say my resume being an Olympian and, and champion professional boxer, um, people know the gym, you know, because of the community, you know, the gym's been here since 86. So, People already knew of the gym, and then once they realized they, that I took over and I bought the building and and remodeled and changed it up and made it my own, um, people were eager to uh, see and experience it and kind of, uh, you know, a new beginning, so to say, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's uh, the community, you know, they've, they, they've always given back. You know, I give, I try to give, and then the community always gives back. So that's something that I... I really cherish and I really value that, you know, you, I don't do it for the money. I have to make a living. What people don't understand, I have to make a living. It is a business. Um, and people do like to take advantage of, of you, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's what I get in return, man. It's the, uh, the, the friendships, the, 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 the relationships you get with people. Yeah. It, it sounds like, this has been built on on like word of mouth and referrals and, and pretty much organic growth thus far. Have you put any kind of money into advertising it along the line? I, I do. I do uh, put a little bit of money into it because people do offer their services and uh, I have to trust in them to help me out. And, and I do have a, a, a person that helps me with my uh, social media and uh, okay. Facebook, Instagram, but um, <clears throat> other than that, I mean, I knew nothing of it. You know, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm not really too uh, tech savvy. That's, that's, that's a theme that comes up on our conversations on this podcast a lot is so many people opened up gyms because they love training, but not necessarily because they are expert marketers or savvy business people. And so we establish relationships with people who do have those skills. What's your experience been? when it comes to spending money on, on social media or spending money to advertise business? Has it worked well for you? Well, we've always been profitable. I'm blessed to say that. We've always yeah. been profitable. Um, I do own the gym, so it's not, I don't have a rent over my head. Mm. And uh, and that that's a, a safety net to where I can say, you know, all I had to do is pay my taxes and I'm good. Make sure I keep up with the equipment, keep the gym clean, um, uh, keep the keep the gym sanitary and uh, just really, um, you know, take care of it. You know, uh, I'm very, uh, I'm very strict on who I let in and, and um, you know, rules to the gym, you know, so it's not like a regular gym to where people come in and they do what they want. They spit on the floor, they sit on the ring, they put the rope, their, their feet on the ropes. Um, uh, they bring a friend or two and uh, I don't allow that here at my gym. Yeah. It's, I, I think that's, important to establish from the beginning because things can go off the rails pretty pretty quick moving forward here i mean rocky when somebody reaches out interested in joining the gym 
Walk me through what a typical sales process looks like. Who are they speaking with and, and what is that conversation about and what are they actually signing up for? Well, majority of times if they come in, they either speak with uh, my right-hand man, Julian, <clears throat> Coach Julian or uh, Coach Usbado. My fiance works the door and uh, she helps with the sales, the greeting, people walk in, uh, giving people hand sanitizer. Um, you know, just welcome, welcoming everybody that walks through the door. So if, ever, if anybody ever needs help, comes in, walks through the door, there's always somebody there to help. And uh, the way I said it, man, I just basically, I don't know. I mean, people say I'm good. I talk too much, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> and, you know, I, th I guess at, at my age or, you know, my passion, anybody that's passionate about something, they, they talk. And that's something that you, pe people don't understand. You know, you, I can sell it. But my way of selling is really them getting feeling my passion about boxing. Yeah, we talk in sales a lot about conviction and belief in what you do. Right. You don't. You can make up for a lot of of the skill of sales by having that belief. It sounds like that's kind of the boat that you're in. We don't have a lot of formal training in the mm -hmm. art of sales, but we wholeheartedly believe this service is worth people's money. When people sign up, is this like a, a monthly membership thing? Are they paying per class? How does that look? They can either do a day pass, which is $20. The way I work it out is, you know, we used to, in the beginning, we used to do free day passes. <clears throat> and um, I realized that with free day passes, people come in and they take advantage of that free day pass. Yeah. But not necessarily that, you know, we did, we, we do get people that sign up because of the day pass, but uh, those that don't, it takes away a, a coach from the, the the rest of the members that pay. Yes, it does. Oh, so so what it, what I figured out was okay. If anybody comes into the gym and they want to do a day a day pass, I charge them twenty bucks. And yeah. uh, with that twenty bucks, I tell them, okay, guys, if you sign, if you do the day pass, I'm gonna treat you as a new member. We're gonna go with the basics, the fundamentals. Um, and, and you're a new member and you can experience a new membership, but we give you 48 hours to make the decision to sign up. So if you come back within those 48 hours, those $20 just goes down as payment of the membership. So it, it it's, I see. you know what I yeah. mean? So they don't lose the 20 bucks. I think a lot in, in the fitness industry, because it's always done that way, you see free trials or free passes or whatever it is, but that doesn't happen in any other industry. Like if you went to a restaurant in a new town in Houston and you just wanted to try it out, you sit down, you have a great meal, they're gonna bring you a bill at the end. You, you don't get to walk away for free. We don't have free trials in, in almost any other industry. And I think your method there makes a lot of sense. It's almost a down payment on a membership more so than anything else and it, it creates exactly. buy-in and kind of i'm sure weeds out some some wishy-washy not quite sure people beyond that point rocky we've got people signing up we now have a membership a lot of boxing gyms that i've seen at least have success with kind of the main membership this is our, our meat and potatoes income we also have like personal training or, or more specialized things. Do people pay for things beyond just that membership with you guys at the gym? Yes. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I have my clients 
and I've had my clients, let's say, for four years. <clears throat> now, that helps, of course, because that's where the uh, money comes. You know, these got people who can afford or, or want, not necessarily afford, but they want that one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one attention. So um, that definitely helps, you know, when you're, you're actually looking for um, improving in the skill of boxing. Now, I do teach my trainer, my right-hand man, basically kind of my, um, um, like if I, if I was to do a one-on-one -on -one with him, you know, how do I run, how do I go through the process of, okay, this is what you're messing up on. Focus on the details, you know, and I think um, that's the main thing. You know, I can, I can get a client and tire them out in 20, 30 minutes and they paying for an hour, but you got to know your client. So you got to say, okay, well, I got to expand this whole full hour and give them a full hour and teach them more mental than the physical. So, um, but sometimes people are different, man. Some people just, they want, they, they want that hardcore workout, but that's easy to me. You know, I think what they pay for me is my knowledge of the sport. Yeah. It's a, and, and personal training is a much more tailored service. And like you said, we have to charge for that time. Do the other trainers at your gym also do this? Yes. Yes, I do got them on a, let's say, uh, a rate. Uh, I do not, they don't charge as much as, as, as me, I guess, because yeah. of the experience, of course. Sure. But, but um, you know, it, it's something where people can afford one-on-one uh, yeah. -on -one privates. Got it. Okay. And so, Rocky, I mean, our, our conversation so far has just been scratching the surface. Where do you find new people? How do we transition them into members? And, and what do they do once they are members? But as you look forward with this, You've already been doing it for a while, but in the future, what's the what's the big picture here? Are we trying to grow the membership? Do you think that there will be additional locations at any point in time? What's the what's the longer term game here? Well, my my goal here in the, is to stay here. To be honest, when people ask me all the time, "Am I going to franchise Rocky's Boxing Gym?" I'm like, "No, no way." Uh, in all honesty, man, I don't do this for the money. You know, I really, you know, I think with throughout my boxing career as, a, as an athlete, as a, um, you know, you make so much money in the beginning to where it's like, you know, I, f I found my happiness. My happiness is here in the gym. It's here with my members. Um, there's always heartache at the same time. You know, you do lose kids where you, you invested the time and, 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 and uh, the blood or the sweat, you know. But it's all part of the game, man. You do this for the love of the sport, and I do this for the love of the sport, the passion. And, you know, I don't – it's not really – money is never – you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't know the numbers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know the numbers. As long as I'm able to pay the bills. I th yeah, I think that's a luxury of you know the I mean? business doing well, you know. Yeah. So, so you know, we're not losing money, and, and you know, we keep up with the gym. You know, people walk in, and – and people ask, tell me all the time, whenever we do a show, they say, man, Rocky, these are other gym uh, gym owners. How the hell do you keep your gym so damn clean? I said, man, when people see something clean, they keep it clean. You they, you keep it dirty, they're going to they're gonna keep it dirty. It's true. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and I think that applies more, to, more than just cleanliness, too. You know, when people yeah. treat it respectfully, it continues yeah, on. Yeah, very, very much so, man. And, and uh, you know, I have a big mural outside my building. Says hard work pays off. Big mirror on the building, a uh, hundred feet long. You know, it basically is a whole gym. 
And uh, one of the, what my neighbor asked me, he goes, Rocky, you know who tagged my gym? You got any cameras who tagged my gym? And I said, nah, I don't. I don't have any cameras outside the gym, but I'm getting something installed. He goes, I'm, why, haven't they, why haven't they tagged your gym? I said, man, you know, they see a, a, an art piece on the gym. And normally people who, uh, this is what I was told from graffiti artists, they say when somebody tags or, or, or draws a picture and they leave a name, other graffiti artists respect the, respect the, the art of it, so they leave mm -hmm. it alone. They don't touch it. But if you see a blank canvas, which before in the past, whenever I was a it's kid, what the building is. It's what it is. It's a blank canvas. They're gonna they're gonna tag it up. You know what I mean? So that's just how what, what I was told. Yeah, and and so no no desire to franchise. It doesn't sound like. We want to make any kind of radical changes, just more of what you're doing and, and expand the sphere of influence. Is that right? Well, you know, I guess the end game, the end goal is to, you know, discover a kid, discover a fighter, <clears throat> train a kid, you know, that can actually do well and, and, and surpass me in the sport. You know, that would be a dream. That would be a goal. That's my goal. Yeah. You know, to have a kid come out, you know, uh, you know, find success in, in the sport and maybe, um, you know, have their own gym or a, just be successful in the sport, you know, the mm -hmm. same passion that I had. That's awesome. That's a, that's a really, really great place for us to wrap our conversation up, Rocky. But before we sign out of here, for the people listening, why don't you tell them where they could learn a little bit more about the gym? Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can people go? Uh, yeah. I mean, they can uh, give me a they can find me at rockyboxinggym.com. Um, you know, we're located 1524 Freeman Street, Houston, Texas, 77009, area code. Um, it's been here since 86, so it's, uh, it, it, the, bu the building has history. So it's, uh, it's, all, it's part of Houston and, you know, it's, it's a beautiful gym. We keep it clean. Um, most, most gyms don't look like this. It's 5,000 yeah. square feet. And um, it's it's my baby, you know. Yeah. I tell people all the time I sell my house before I sell the gym. Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned when we talked about sales, the passion that you have for it, and you can recognize that just when you talk about it, how much you care. Rocky, this is this has been a blast to have this conversation. I really appreciate your willingness to contribute here. Gym owner, I think gym owners need to have this conversation a little bit more and, and work through their own processes for what the business they're running. But I can't I thank you enough. Go ahead, please. If I, if I may, Joe, I think one of the problems is, you know, you got new gym owners, young gym owners. Um, they they keep up, right? They 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 keep up with their body. They learn the the, the their craft. But at the end of the day, it's it's a uh, uh, it's a service, you know. And I think, you know, by serving those that want, you have to know your client and mm -hmm. And, um, and basically have a passion for what you do. And I think once you have a passion for what you do, that, that'll rub off on, on everybody. And they do it, they know that you do it for the passion of it, the love of it. And if you're doing it for the money, they're gonna know it. Now, of course, if you're making money and you're being successful, you're always gonna have your haters, you know? But screw them, you know what I mean? Screw them and, and uh, to hell with them because they don't do it. They don't. They don't. They don't put the time. I've been here since 5:20 this morning, 
So it's already noon, and I'll be here till nine o'clock, ten o'clock tonight. So that just goes to show the uh, the work ethic of what I do for this for this game for this sport. Yeah, and no sign of slowing down. So it's uh, uh, no. it's an exciting conversation, Rocky man. I I appreciate your time. I can't thank you enough. We'll have to check in down the road and, and see where you're at in the future. So for today, that's enough, and, and I thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, Joe. You have a good one. All right. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.